I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Oh my gosh, on the podcast today, one of my favorite types of people is on, which is a filmmaker. And to me, I believe that film, television, the popular culture arts are about to be the forerunner of what God wants to do in the next great revival. I believe God's assimilating messages and themes and perspectives through these things. And so many times as Christians, we look at filmmaking and filmmakers and we just think, oh, that's that's not Christianity or that's not, that's not God's, that's everyone else's, the world's the enemies. But then there's people who are literally rising up right now that are, are getting commissioned by heaven and by God to make films. And Darren's making some pretty, I would say edgy TV shows and films where he's showing documentary style, how God's moving on the streets or how God's moving in everyday places. And he's taking personalities like Brian Welch from corn, or he's taking, you know, uh, Todd White, many of you know Todd White, or Robbie Dawkins, or some of these guys, and he's showing them in really unlikely circumstances where they're listening to God on where to go and what to do. And it so inspires me because me as a normal person, I think sometimes I'll look at somebody and I'm like, I should talk to them, but I don't have a frame of reference always for, is this okay? Is this weird? Is this normal? I have social anxiety right now. But then I've watched these movies and it gives me a paradigm to make a different choice than I would have made before I saw these movies. And I love that about filmmaking. When you're telling this story, those stories help unlock places and the people who are watching them that help people make different choices than they would have if they hadn't seen the movie. So I want to encourage you. We're about to go into the interview, but some of you may be creative people, but even if you're not, when you're listening to someone like Darren, it helps you to be awakened to a place of exploring the prophetic that may not have been part of your grid beforehand. Let's get right into the interview. We have Darren Wilson right now on the podcast, and if you haven't seen any of Darren Wilson's movies, go out right now and buy them. You need to watch these movies. They'll change your lives. They're some of my favorite movies because they teach me how to take risks, and Darren is known as a risk taker. As a matter of fact, Darren, hello. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Sean? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Well, as a matter of fact, Darren, every single movie he's made is because he's been following the voice of God, especially the last two. We were just talking about it right before the show. Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost Reborn were basically birthed out of you having God encounters and hearing God's voice, and, which led you to go on these adventures to film these things. And so you're the perfect person to talk to because you've actually made films based on what you've heard from God. But we're going to talk about some stories today. We just talked about a risky story you're about to tell me, but I wanted you to tell our listeners. Tell me about taking a huge risk, <laughs> one of your very first <laughs> risks you ever took. Okay, so you have to understand, when I first started making these movies, I was not like, I was not walking in this stuff. I, I wasn't, I didn't even, I didn't trust it very much. I remember um, you didn't I even believe, because like, I, I introduced uh, you to yeah. people up in the Northwest a little bit, and you were like, I don't know if this is going to turn out good for them or bad for them. Yeah, yeah, I just, because I just didn't know. I mean, I, I came from a much more conservative background. I was a college professor. Like, I, you know, my faith was in my head. It wasn't in these kind of experiences. And so... I remember, though, you know, so Finger of God comes out, turns into a big hit. So then I think it was shortly after, um, I was either filming Furious Love or right after it, but I, I was just beginning to get asked to, like, speak in churches. And um, so this was, like, all, it was very brand new to me back then. And uh, I was in, at the time I lived in Chicago, 
and there is an all-black church in Chicago. It's like a really, really big church, like a mega church that they, for some reason, invited me in to like speak to their leadership. Like they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't it. trust me like with their whole congregation, but they like come in and speak to our leadership. So I was like, okay, sure, you know. And uh, I remember, like, it was back in the day, like, I, and I just didn't understand friendship with God, I didn't understand grace. And so I kind of was, I remember I was driving there, it was a Saturday afternoon, I was driving downtown, and I realized, like, I haven't, like, spent time in, like, deep prayer for this, <laughs> you know, because it's like, like, I, I, I was totally disqualifying myself on the, on the drive-in, you know what I mean? Because, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not prepared, I'm not ready, I'm not, like... I'm not spiritual enough right now. You know what I mean? Like I had, like, I felt like there had to be this, like, you know, three days of fasting or something before <laughs> I was amazing. qualified to, to, to do anything. So I was freaking out in the car and I was just like praying like, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't even think about this. And I'm just like, just please speak through me. Just be, a, let me be a vessel. I don't know what to say. And uh, so I get there and I gave like my testimony and it went really well. And I remember at the very end, there's probably like a hundred, I mean, it was a big church. It's probably like a hundred people there. Uh, just, just leadership. And I remember at the very end, I said, okay. Uh, and I, I wasn't planning on doing this. I I've never done it since and nor would I ever want to do it. But I said, okay. Um, anybody who wants a word from the Lord, just stand up against that wall and I'll pray for each one of you. Oh and I remember gosh. the words, the words came out of my mind and, and Sean, you know, me like, you know, me now, you wouldn't do I'm that like, now. That's why I'm confused I wouldn't do that now. And I'm like, I'm like friends with God, but I'm like, even now I'll be like, um, okay, two or three people. Let's, let's go to the side room or something. But this is like the, and this is like leadership. And so I remember, and, I, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, crud. Right. I was like, why did I say that? And of course, like, 75 people stand up and walk over to the wall. So I have to just, and I go over and I just start to lay hands on them. And I, every person I put my hand on, I see a, just a little picture. And again, I was brand new to this. Like I, I, I maybe like some of the first prophetic words I've ever given people. Wow. And I would just tell them like, I just see this picture of this. And then, you know, and I'm like, does that mean anything? And they're like, yes. And I was like, okay. and I just went down the line. Just, and I remember it was towards the end, and I was starting to feel like, I'm like, I, I think I'm actually hearing the Lord, like, consistently. This is cool. <laughs> and I get to the, to, towards the end, and there is, like, there's no other way to put it. And I'm, I, apologize if I, I apologize if I offend anybody, but just a very large woman, okay? Like, just <laughs> big. And I remember I walk up to her, and I put my hand on her, and I, I immediately, I saw, it was probably clearer than anybody else that I saw. I saw a picture of her in ballerina shoes <laughs> and I was like, Oh boy, you know, like I don't. And I, so I just, I, but I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I just got to say what I see. And so I said, look, I don't know if this makes any sense at all, but I see you wearing ballerina shoes. And I said, do you, do you like to dance? And she burst into tears and said that she's like, nobody knows. She's like, that's what I, that is what I do. I, I, I can't dance in front of people, but when I'm alone in my room, I like, I dance to the Lord oh. and it, it's, like, it's like, it's like our thing. And I of course start crying and I'm like, well, the Lord wants you to know that he loved it. And he, you know, and it was just, it was this really, really sweet moment, but like, it was definitely like, that was probably the riskiest one. I was like, Oh boy, this could be offense. Like I could, I don't want to offend you. 
but it was just because it, it was so not like what you see in the natural. You know what I mean? But I uh, love that because that's a picture yeah. of we don't look go by what we see, but by what we see in the spirit. And the outward appearance constantly persuades people. It just constantly does. So I love that you went past that in your very first time of doing prophetic ministry in a line, which I can't imagine you doing still to this day. <laughs> now let's talk about some of these films because I mean, you as a filmmaker, you only made these films out of your spiritual curiosity, but the last two you made were because God actually guided you and directed you to make them. That's huge yeah. as a filmmaker. And I'm sure there's other filmmakers who are listening who are going, wait, what? God showed you how to make a film. He told you what to do. He told you where to go. You guys ended up all over the world, even in Monaco. Tell us some of those stories. Yeah. yeah so, you know, the, the, the genesis for Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost Reborn was really, I, I kind of thought I was done making these kinds of movies after Father of Lights because that one had, that had you in it. And so I figured, why would I have to do anything more? If I exactly, already have exactly. in the film, that's the, that's the creme de la creme. There's nothing else, <laughs> there's else to go. So I thought I was done. And then the Lord kind of hit me and, uh, and, and said, no, we're not done yet. And he said, and that's when he kind of showed me to make a movie about the Holy Spirit. And I knew that I had a, a kind of a, I didn't have a, I wasn't super comfortable with the Spirit at that point. And so I just really wanted to know about him. And so I, so I, but I told the Lord, like, look, if we're going to do this, let's do this all the way. Like, let's, I want you to direct this movie. I've directed three. So I want you to direct it. Like, I want to make the first movie directed by the Holy Spirit. If it's about the Holy Spirit, let's let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do. And so that was kind of the genesis of, of Holy Ghost. And a lot of people are confused because there's two movies. And basically what happened is we filmed so much stuff. I had, I, I had to split them into two separate movies. So it's like part one and part two. Yeah, so what I would do is I would basically kind of just sit and, and do my best to hear what I thought maybe the Lord, where he maybe wanted us to go. And, and he, he would give me fragments. Um, he'd give me impressions. It would be, sometimes I'd get a dream. Um, sometimes other people would get dreams for me. You know, it was always this kind of like this, it was a very stressful way to make a movie. And oh, I would sure. not really recommend it to people. But it was so amazing and so rewarding and, and what the Lord did. So, Let me say you know, this real fast. Let me say this because yeah. some people are listening, they're on their lunch break and they're trying to take a risk on their lunch break to talk to somebody outside their box. You actually said, I'm going to hire a film crew. We're going to go around the world. We're going to listen to God. Yeah, and if this movie doesn't make it, it's because it's it's because we missed it. We totally missed it, but we wasted a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of, but you trusted God that much, which is amazing. So just like, I just want to point that out in the beginning of the story. It's like, you're putting your livelihood at stake for this movie. Yeah. And keep in mind too, we did a Kickstarter campaign to, to raise money for the movie and it became the, the most, most funded Christian movie in Kickstarter history. So we've got all kinds of pressure, like on, you know, and, and the whole, the whole thing is like, I'm going to try to hear the Lord and make this movie. So, you know, there, I remember one, one, one story that sticks out to me that's in the first film was I knew I was supposed to take Todd White to the Vatican in Rome. Uh, and so I figured, I, I remember thinking, well, if I'm going to Rome, I might as well, you know, do something else because I'm already out there. So I said, Lord, what else do you want to do? Because it's not just about, it's never going to be about just one thing. And uh, so I just kind of came up with an idea of just kind of going up the Italian, the Italy. I was like, let's do Florence, because I knew I was going to have a, an artistic bent to this film. So let's go to where the kind of the, the, where the arts are the strongest. And so I was always planning on just going to, uh, to Florence. And um, I remember it was about two or three months before we're, we're set to leave for that shoot. 
And I was just in my studio praying uh, in the morning, and I heard the Lord say, pull out a map, because I was starting to pray for the, the Italy trip. And he said, pull out a map. And so I was like, okey-doke. And so I just, I remember I pulled it up on my iPad, and I, just, I just looked at the region. And I knew, I knew at that moment, because like, I had a sense in my spirit, I don't know if this makes sense to you or your listeners, but like, I just had a sense, like, the Lord didn't tell me what he was going to do, but you have this kind of sense, okay, I think he's about to deal with this aspect. Does that make sense? Like totally. I knew he was changed. I knew that he was going to change the destination from Florence to somewhere else. I just didn't know that I knew that's why he was asking me to pull out a map. So I was like, okay, and I'm thinking it's gonna be something biblical, like the island of Patmos or you know, something that's over there in that kind of in that region. So I remember looking on the map and I'm looking at like, okay, there's Patmos. Nope. And everything was cold. That's the best way I can describe it. Everybody looked was cold. And then I looked at Monaco, and I remember it just lit up on the map for me. Like, I just knew in my spirit, I'm like, that's, I'm like, God, why do you, Monaco, isn't that like where rich people are? And I remember I just sat there and I prayed a little bit more, and I thought that I saw a picture, a vague picture of a boat, and then that was it. And um, I remember I was like, Monaco's okay, amazing. okay, yeah, I'm like, let's, uh, let's go to Monaco. Little did I know how expensive it was, like... <laughs> we got, I remember we got the there. The billionaire's like, playground. Like, that's what they call it. Like $15 for a Coke. And I'm like, oh, okay yeah. guys, everybody's eating hamburgers, right? We're like, nobody's, nobody gets to eat anything good here. But yeah, so I just, so we, so literally we have a whole like detour to one of the most expensive places in the world. Went there for, for basically had like a day and a half. And all we had to go on was I, I, an impression of a boat. So we basically was just like, all right, God, like, get us onto a boat for whatever reason you have. And if you watch the movie, you'll see just, you know, how just in a day's time meeting this person leads to the meeting of this person who leads to this other person who happens to have a boat and who, and it just, it all just unfolds just when she winds up having this radical encounter with the father. And it was just, it was, it was like, it's a, perfect microcosm of making that movie. But I will say this too, because a lot of people don't know, especially the Americans who are listening to this, because we're so bad at geography. We're known as the country who doesn't do geography. Monaco is literally one of the most unchurched, unreached people groups in the entire world. And some of the wealthiest people in the world live there. And uh, it's, I mean, the whole country is pretty much wealthier than people who serve the wealthy. So there's, there's really no spiritual breakthrough there except for in this kind of situation. So when I was watching it, because of just my history and my experience, I looked and I was like, this isn't just miraculous on a small level. This was as big as you guys going into when you guys went to Israel and you guys got into the Muslim you know, quarter and the whole thing that happened. I mean, I don't know that everybody saw the breakthrough as so large that you met random people and got to speak in their lives because of what it was as a country. And I, I just, I was, I had so many Holy Spirit goosebumps, you know, like in that moment, just going, this is, this is radical. And it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Whereas a lot of people I talked to are like, yeah, it was really cool. And I'm like, no, 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 that wasn't cool. That was historic breakthrough that this happened, you know, cause this just doesn't happen there. Well, can I tell you one other really fun story that, that, that goes along with that, yes. that never made it in the films and hardly anybody knows about so we're in Monaco, and if you've ever been there, you know, like, it's, it's beautiful. But then, like, up there's, like, this big bluff that overlooks the whole city. And that's, like, where the, the, the Prince of Monaco lives, right? That's, like, the whole, it's, like, the, whatever, the Prince's house or whatever it's called. And I remember we were walking around, and I'm with Todd White. And so, you know, Todd's a nut, as you know. And he's, he's crazier than, than all of us. <laughs> I agree. I love him. 
But uh, I remember we're walking around, and Todd points up to the place. He's like, Is that? he's like, I want to go there. Let's go there. I'm like, Todd, that's where the like that's where the prince lives. Like, <laughs> we have a date. Like, and this is me. You'd think I'd know better, right? I'm like, like we can't get in there, right? Let's just not gonna happen. Like, let's let's focus on finding this boat. He's like, all right, all right. He's like, but it'd be really cool to go meet the prince. I'm like, yeah, Todd, of course it'd be great, right? But like, it's not gonna happen. So get your head out of the cloud. Let's let's we got a job to do, right? I mean, this is literally a conversation we're having. And so it's what what happens in the movie happens in the movie. What winds up happening? The woman that we meet that we wind up getting on her boat. What you have to understand, we we start talking to her, and she's just like some like like American lady who had moved there, and so. I remember Todd at some point, he said, so, um, so do you have a lot of famous people come into your restaurant? She's like, yeah, we have a lot. And he's like, is, uh, the Prince of Monaco ever come? And she's like, yep. And we're, I, I perk up. I'm like, really? I'm like, so have you talked to the Prince of Monaco? And she says, yes. And I, and I said, do you know the Prince of Monaco? She's like, yeah. She's like, actually I grew up with him. Oh, Wow. And so the boat, you see a picture of it in the movie, the boat, she, her boat is docked in the Prince of Monaco's personal boat slip. Oh my gosh. He doesn't have a boat because he doesn't need one because he's the prince. He can, he can commandeer anybody's boat. Everybody will give them to him. So he just said, I don't, I, I'm not going to use it. So, cause he's good friends with her. He's like, you can just, you can use my, you can use my slip and you can just have it. Cause she lives on her boat. And, uh, I'm like, you've got only God. Would you, you know, and so then we're like, the obvious then is like, can we meet him? And the problem, he was gone. He was like in Russia or something like that. And so he was, he was gone for the next three or four days. But if he was home, we literally would have gone and met the Prince of Monaco that day. And I was like, it was definitely for me, like a moment of like, I repent. I'm so sorry, Lord. Oh my like, gosh. I should know. I of all people should know better to like doubt, like that's impossible. It can't happen. You know, but it's like, no, God can do anything. Like, and it was just, it, to me, it was, it was this personal moment of kind of like God's sense of humor mixed with, you know, when he, when he not reprimands you, but it's, it, he's, he's just so good and so gentle and so kind, even when he's kind of like teaching you a lesson. No, and I love this because, you know, a lot of the people I'm interviewing and talking to in this context are, they'll share those misses or they'll share those times if I just partner my faith so just a little bit more. I would have had a totally different result because he had this much more for me. And it goes back into that theme of, you know, he wants to do beyond what we could dream, hope for, imagine, but it's hard for us to get to a place, even you, like people are probably hearing you and they've seen you in one light because they're watching these movies play out. So some people feel like they know you, those who've listened or who are listening, who've watched you and those who haven't watched you yet, I'm sure they will. And, but at the same time to hear you say, we could have had more, that's just huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it really boils down to, I think just, my grandpa had a great line. He, he, was a, he, was a, a, he was an old pastor. And one of the, the most profound things he ever taught me was he, he said, you know, God is only as big as your head. And he, he will be as big as you allow him to be. But most of the time what happens is we, we limit God, the, the bigness of what God can do in our lives because we just, we don't think big enough. We don't, we don't think that he can do We've put him in the box inside of our brain of this is how he, this is what he can do. And, you know, and it's a perfect example. I'm in Monaco because I had a picture of a boat. And so therefore God has sent us here to get on a boat. 
you know, and it's like, that's that, like, that was like the limit of my head at that, at that trip. And little did I know that like, you know, you know what, like he may have wanted you to go and actually not just encounter a woman to, to bring her back to the father. He may have had his designs on actually affecting the entire country by, by having us meet, you know what I mean? Like, and it was like, it, it was just very much like, man, we, I, and I always tell people whenever I speak and stuff, it's like your dreams, no matter what they are, they're too small. Your, the dreams over, over your life and the dreams of what God is calling you to do are always too small because God only thinks big. He does, he doesn't do small, you know, like for him, it's all, it's about, it's about the world, it's about encompassing the world. So well, and what I love um, about that for you is that uh, I know you, and I know the next time you're going to be thinking differently, and your brain just got bigger. Like what your grandpa's statement to you, your head just got bigger, your faith got bigger. And so we're exploring the prophetic with Darren Wilson, and tell us how to get a hold of you. Uh, honestly, if you want to find out everything about what we do, our movies, the TV shows, uh, books, uh, wpfilms.com is the place to go. Um, you can obviously find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well, but WPfilms.com is, is the best place to start. Well, thank you, Darren. Thank you for the stories. That was amazing. I absolutely love your perspective and just how you come across as a friend every time, but you who are listening, have a great day. We'll be back on next week. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.